0: So it is the morning after or the afternoon after the night before when we've had some interesting developments in South African politics. We now have mayors in charge of Akuruleni at the time at which I'm recording this, as well as the city of Johannesburg, Nelson Mandela Bay, many other municipalities around the country. And uh, Tswane, I'm not sure what happened this morning, maybe while I was blinking um, my eyes there were developments there at Aquini as well so you know it's a moving story but a lot has happened already and the Democratic Alliance in particular is quite chuffed that it has mayoral victories in Akaruleni as well as in the city of Johannesburg the ANC is at least temporarily in charge again of Port Elizabeth what the hell is going on here and what is the thinking of some of the political parties that obviously had to think strategically about who it votes for or who it doesn't vote for. And one of them is Action SA. Action SA has arrived in the political scene with much fanfare. They've done incredibly well, especially in the city of Johannesburg. And as a result of that, they are a very serious political player under the leadership of Herman Mashaba. But of course, it's not a one-man band. There were other leaders as well. And what I wanted to understand in this, this edition of Eusebius on Times Live is what the thinking is right now, I mean it changes all the time, it's real politic, but right now of Action SA and so I asked Michael Beaumont who is the National Chair of Action SA to join me on this platform. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're gonna hear a lot of law, politics, and ethics, how they intersect, and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know this are sellouts,
1: they put saliva on the paper.
0: Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And
1: then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to
0: apologize. apologize.
1: Can I have my iPad, please? (laughs) 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 So they stole (laughs) it.
0: Michael, good morning to you, and thanks for coming on Eusebius on Times
1: Live. Greetings, Eusebius. So it's great to talk to you.
0: You must be delighted that the Democratic Alliance candidate for Johannesburg is the new mayor, Dr. Paul Palate. Congratulations on you, because I know you voted for her.
1: I think what we're most delighted about, Eusebius, is the fact that the ANC does not have a mayor in all of these municipalities. So while we are certainly happy that the DA holding the mayoralty would be the lesser of those two evils, it's certainly not something that we
0: rejoice. How do you feel about the DA? Your, your leader described the Democratic Alliance over the weekend as not trustworthy and basically told the country that they would see their comeuppance. He will show them what he does, says Herman Mashaba, to people who quote-unquote double-cross him. Do you feel the same? Does your party feel the same as we speak right now about the DA?
1: Well, I don't think it's even just a matter of me or our party. That statement was one consistent with the views of all the multi-party coalition members. Because that double crossing that was referred to by Herman Meshava wasn't a personal one against him as an in individual, wasn't a personal one against Action SA, it was against four or five political parties that were trying to work together with the mutual interests of, number one, ensuring the ANC does not assume power in these municipalities, but number two, start to create a platform in the run-up to 2024, because what we've seen in these elections is the road being open to 2024, and we need to talk about a multi-party plan can galvanize South Africans' belief in the possibilities that may lie ahead.
0: But one thing that I don't understand, and I don't know, maybe I did one year too much of formal logic at university, is the incoherence of saying on the one hand, don't trust them, they are double crosses, and then you impose them on me as a resident of Johannesburg. You have, by your own logic, as the minority parties, given me a mayor coming from a party that I shouldn't trust. Thank you, Michael. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, absolutely, and I think for what it's worth, the conundrum we faced is not different from the one that South African voters have faced for many years, because South African voters have faced the choice between two bad options, DA or ANC, and the reality is that we faced a very similar situation last night, because if we had gone ahead and put forward our Action SA candidate as ambition, the following would have played out, you see, this. we would have probably defeated the DA in round one, and it would have ended up as an Action SA ANC two-way heat. In that scenario, the DA has been very clear, they will not support any arrangement that involves any other party coming through the back door, and therefore they would have abstained and given the city to the ANC. So while I may share a number of reservations I have when it comes to the DA and its trustworthiness, in comparison between the two, the ANC controlling Johannesburg would have been a greater equal.
0: So what does that mean for how you will approach Tswaneh? If there is, on the part of the DA, a similar reluctance as they see it of voting for a candidate other than its own where it has had the biggest share amongst the parties that are in talks with each other of the vote in that particular city, even if it's not 50 plus one, are you therefore going to capitulate and have the same refrain for the sake of getting rid of the ANC? Ach, shame, man, you know, let's just vote for the DA candidates. Is that going to happen in 20th?
1: It is going to happen in China. We are going to support the DA. We are going to keep the ANC out of that municipality. But I think there's an important part of this conversation, You see, Eusebius, that we also see as quite strategic. And that is, if the DA's approach to negotiations has been, in our view, unacceptable so far, the fact that they are now being placed in minority coalition arrangements without written agreements, the very thing they said they did not want, we are putting them there and saying, now perhaps you'll negotiate with us. And I think from that point of view, it is a point of, strategic uh, you know, coalition negotiations where they now need to approach us and we need to co- uh, coalesce around a set of service delivery ideals very quickly.
0: If that doesn't happen, realistically speaking, you understand governance. What are the implications for things like budget votes if the DA is not interested the morning after in belatedly doing what it didn't do five days ago in terms of detailed agreements on things like, for example, voting patents,
1: Sure. So, I mean, the implications are that it's much easier to get someone elected as a mayor than it is to pass a budget because the constitution stipulates that when you have to approve an adjustment budget in February and an annual budget in your IDP in June, if that is not done by a majority of all councils, in other words, it's not just a simple majority, it's an absolute majority, then that uh, municipality will be placed under administration and the Constitution prescribes a series of steps that would basically lead to a re-election. That is the challenge that awaits the DA. They have been put into the position to lead these municipalities, and it is their job to pull together budgets that are going to be approved by a majority of all councils.
0: That doesn't bode well for us as residents of these municipalities, you would agree with me, because if there are profoundly different visions for service delivery and, therefore, for how you slice the budget that speaks to prioritisation then you could have incoherence, and that means that you might still have unresponsive overall local municipalities, even with the ANC and the opposition benches.
1: Look, absolutely, and I can certainly understand why many residents find themselves in a position this morning where they aren't enthusiastic about what has taken place last night. But to that idea, Eusebius, I want to offer you the following. Local government is not ideological, And to give you evidence of that, for three years when Herman Mashaba was the mayor of Joburg, he had the Freedom Front and the EFF voting together for budgets. And he was able to do that because actually the Freedom Front and the EFF alike, and everyone in between, agrees that we should have roads, electricity, water, housing, etc. So there's actually plenty of scope to create a common service delivery agenda in our view. Everyone is against corruption, at least on paper, and we must ensure that if these things can come together and create a common agenda, that the space is there for it to happen. The reality, though, and this is the part that I will place as a caveat on the prospect of success, is that lies very much in the DA's court now. The DA is going to have to decide if it is willing to pull together the kind of arrangements that are going to be necessary where that common agenda can actually be successfully delivered.
0: I hear you. The reality is that unless all of you were profoundly dishonest that most political parties conflated national and local government issues when they told us publicly maybe they did something differently behind the scenes because, quite frankly, most of you were opaque about what was happening behind the scenes. But at least in terms of the public rhetoric, even the DA itself were conflating national and local government issues and wanting potential coalition partners to sign up for national visions. And that is why it's very difficult to imagine that small parties, big parties, will be approaching what happens in the councils on the basis of localization and being very narrow in a useful way about what the needs are of this particular ward, this particular city, this particular village. The EFF will be having its eye on the union buildings come 2022, um, 2024 rather, and similarly with many of the other parties, there is this Constant mode in South African politics that really doesn't help voters and residents of almost being in near permanent election, nearing mode, thinking about the next elections. Do you accept that reality? And if you do, that, again, doesn't portend well for 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 service delivery.
1: Well, I think there's a good and a bad side of bringing national issues into local governments. We must characterize them accordingly. I don't think it helps local government coalitions at all to talk about people's position on matters like land expropriation without compensation and nationalisation, and even some of the issues that have been brought to the table by other political parties. Um, However, I think there's got to be an understanding, CBS, that residents and municipalities are affected by national government. Uh, And you can't, for example, grow an economy in a city without being affected by the national economic winds, and that residents and municipalities are impacted by crime, and they couldn't give a hoot, whether it's the SAPS or the JNPD who keeps them safe, they want to be kept safe. So we have that duty to ensure that we can compensate for failures of national government. But I think Action ISA is the one party that hasn't been involved too much in the national political issues, because in all reality, we, we're a party that has only existed in a local government election context. We are now having to turn our attention to national issues. But I agree, if you're going to talk about the city of Johannesburg, let's talk about the city of Johannesburg. Same for Koroleini, Chwane, Etiqueni, et cetera.
0: Where to from here for action as a more broadly stepping away from the minutiae of the votes? And I know the voting processes and the position carving up, etc. is not yet done. And then obviously, you know, as part of our role in the media, we'll keep tabs on how things are getting on in the details of local governance. But you're in this for the medium and the the long haul. You're not just here as sort of, you know, sort of disgruntled by (laughs) political parties you belong to or an intrinsic love of politics. Uh, what exactly is the game plan and the vision? I know, having spoken to him and listening to him, that uh, your party leader is almost fixated, one would say, on getting rid of the ANC before I'm 70. But that many other views, you know, others of you, like yourself, that, that I've interviewed before, that, that have your own sort of place in South African politics and discourse in the life of our country. Why are you, as Michael, Um, Part of Action SA, and how would you articulate the vision so that we can also understand a little bit about your party beyond the persona of Herman Mashaba?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think the reality, Eusebius, is that Action SA has become a church of people who have basically had a look at the political system in South Africa that have been involved in it perhaps as well and have said that there's nothing available for them. Um, Now, some people might not agree with that view. That's fine, that's their choice. But the people who have come to action, let's say have taken that view, and we're carving out a political space that is quite unique from other political parties. And the fact that we are winning voting districts in suburbs and townships and CBDs alike already indicates that we're building the first real multiracial support base of any political party. And that's something that really does enthuse, enthuse us for the future because you can grow off that kind of a platform and there's huge potential. From our side, I think the biggest thing is that we have – an enormous challenge facing us because when you're new and you're entering a local government election that's the only horizon you're looking at but obviously we've now emerged and there is another horizon and that is the 2024 elections so we have an enormous undertaking to ensure that we expand from the six municipalities in which we have operated into all nine provinces that itself is going to be a very challenging task but a task that we know we need to handle very carefully And at the same time, we now need to become a party of of national politics um, because the reality for a political party that is not yet represented in Parliament, you don't have that platform and you need to create it. So you need to be vocal on those issues and you need to position Action SA and its supporters on all of those important issues very carefully.
0: Let's stay with the macro picture for a second. And how would you articulate the difference between Action SA and the democratic alliance, and the level of ideation. And you can pick one or two particular policy areas or just broad political ideology. I spoke to a fellow columnist and you know fellow Times Live colleague of mine, Peter Bruce on this platform a couple of, couple of weeks ago. And he made an interesting point, <laughs> uh, which was really a theory, um, which you know may or may not prove to be true. And he said, you know, Eusebius, actually there's, there's a lot of scope here, let's be honest. The DA is going to struggle to to really do much better than it has in the past because we won't get a party with white leadership at the top being re-elected or elected into international government anytime soon. But if you are, for example, a business outfit with lots of money, you could back him and Mashaba. Here you have a guy who's economically conservative, he's got business and capitalist convictions at heart, and he's black. So you could put your money around him as a slightly more feasible candidate than a sort of John steen led DA or the Helen Ziller sort of cabal within the DA. But what that, you might say, slightly cynical take on your party and Herman does is that it suggests that really, there's no fundamental difference between Action SA and DA. Same WhatsApp group. The only difference is that in a country where race matters, whether you like it or not, Herman Mashaba optically may be an interesting horse to back for instrumental reasons, if you were a donor with lots of money. What say you?
1: Sure, absolutely. And I think, you see, we've got to start off the bat to say there's without doubt overlap. And let's appreciate that straight from the start. I'm not going to try and sit and tell you there isn't overlap. There is some overlap. It's also not a coincidence that some of us, not all of us, uh, were previously from that political home. So the idea that there's overlap is not a radical idea. Having said that, Action USA has obviously still got to develop. A lot of its national policy now that remains undeveloped because of the local government framework in which we've operated. So let's rather than talk about values, which is really where we can start to make some comparisons. Sure. The DA has adopted a position of being colorblind. It's, it's they call it non-racialism, but actually it's it's being colorblind. They don't want to see race in South Africa, whereas Action SA says fundamentally race is a reality. You can discuss how much you would like it to be a reality in the future, but the point is it is a reality. And for the only way that you can live up to our commitment to social justice is if you understand our past and that the legacy of our past continues to persist in South Africa today. That would be one very fundamental difference in terms of the way in which we differ as a political party at this point in time. But it's also important, Eusebius, to say that, you know, a lot is made about what is policy and ideological similarities or differences. But it's important to note that what people say on paper, and what they do in South Africa, are two completely different things. Because on paper, the ANC is against corruption. On paper, the DA is for racial cohesion. Now, neither of these organizations act in a manner which demonstrate that those paper-based values are lived out in reality. But I think it's as important to talk about what's on paper as well as how parties conduct themselves.
0: Operationally, to cascade down a couple of levels, have you guys even had the space here to be able to map out how you will go about trying going forward to begin that process of self-identification, choosing particular policies beyond the run in the local government elections, because it'll be interesting to see once that happens how the internal dynamics play out when it comes to conversations around, for example, race realism, um, et cetera. I mean, I don't even know whether Herman, for example, would sign up for what you had just... Articulated in terms of the realities of race in this country. It may be an interesting example of a black person that you can't assume to be into left-wing black racial politics just on account of his skin colour. And you, as a phenotypically white person, I secretly suspect if we were switching off this recording and speaking off the record, probably have more in common with my racial politics than your leader does.
1: Well, I think there might be more similarities than you realise, but also I think within Action SA we recognise that people and leaders mm-hmm. must also have scope for opinions. Uh, and we must continuously challenge one another. And I think one of the biggest challenges of a new political party is to ensure there is that environment. Because a new political party's most fundamental challenge is to become sustainable and to ensure its longevity. Because if you look at the graveyard of South African politics, the, there's many tombstones there from new political parties. Uh, part of that means we've got to create the space to disagree with one another. And I can tell you, Eusebius, you even in the decision-making process to see how we were going to vote in these councils, is it got robust? And I know robust is a political kind of euphemism, <laughs> but I mean, it was tough. We had eight, nine hours of meetings, and you know, people were getting hardcore with each other. But as a new party, if you don't have those kind of debates and discussions, you're in trouble. And that's the part that we would always like to avoid.
0: It's unfair to ask this question so early, but you are capable of robust engagement with me. So I'm going to ask it anyway, even though it's early in the life of Action SA. Do you think Action SA could exist? Without the larger-than-life persona of Herman Mashaba, I don't think that EFF could exist without Julius Malema.
1: I think, to be frank with you, you Eusebius, I don't think it could right now. And we need to be frank and honest about that. And I could sit here and tell you, you know, a nice PR line to the contrary. But the reality is our brand is irrevocably tied up in Herman Mashaba. Uh, And this is something we recognize because we need to address it. And we're not going to address it unless we start by recognizing that. I do think we're developing a depth of leadership already, which we are starting to see that is going to help to go beyond that. I think when you've got people like Mokosi Kosa and Fakie Mentor, you're already getting there. But I can tell you one of the roles we have is in developing our nine provinces now ahead of 2024 is to grow that pool of leadership, but it is an area of priority for me. I don't think a political party is sustainable if its brand is tied around one person. And this is what we need to diversify.
0: Okay. Second last question, um, and this is just a sort of ad hoc issue that's come up in the media yesterday, but um, I just want to know what the facts are, if you are familiar with them. It's really concerning to me, as someone who works within the media space, this report of a freelance journalist having been elected as a PR counselor for Action SA uh, by the name of Edwin Nchidi, um, who worked for Eyewitness News and has been sworn in as a PR counselor for the city of Johannesburg. That happened on Monday and um, this is someone who has been covering the elections. Now, obviously, the media ethics part of this conversation is something that EWN must answer to, and they claim they were none the wiser. The guy wasn't um, straight with them. He himself hasn't answered to questions from the media and claims that the party has, you know, asked him not to. Um, but from your from your side, do, do you know this particular guy, and do you understand what what has gone on here? Because There is, on the face of it, a serious breach of media ethics here, not the kind of person that you should be proud of to to have in your ranks.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know about that, Eusebius, and I think let's differentiate a couple of issues here. The fact that Action SA has called upon South Africans of all walks of life and have people coming into our political ranks from unlikely places to start the work to fix South Africa, you know, the fact that we've got members of the media coming to join us, I take a great deal of pride in. I think they've got a lot to contribute to this political space. No, but you're, space. Missing,
0: you're missing the point with respect, to, uh, Michael. This guy was working for EWN as recently as the 1st of November, which means that he was not honest with EWN, and I would be very disturbed if he was honest with you that he is fully employed by EWN. Presumably you knew that as a party, if not as an individual. But... um there's a conflict of interest there. I'm not, I'm not talking about journalists not making it. I mean, if I wanted to become a politician tomorrow, I think that should be perfectly okay. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with, with, with changing direction in life in the same way in which you can join us in the media ranks and I think you'd be an excellent broadcaster. Um, you know, so, so that's not the issue. But the issue is dishonesty. You can't be proud of dishonesty.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if there's dishonesty on the tape. Uh, I'm obviously hearing the but, story, but for we, the know, first time we know, we know.
0: But but the following, no, we know, regardless of what he says. On my phone right now, I've got examples of his work as recently as the first of November as a journalist.
1: Okay, so I mean, the point that I don't know and that I'm not party to is And again, I think we are very open to hear any side of the story that we need to hear, and let's always put that on the table. Is if there is an allegation that the individual has acted unprofessional. I would venture that that particular allegation lies between him and his employer at EWN. I would go further to say that if there is the idea that he has reported on something in a manner which was uh, biased, then we must look at that that allegation, but I'm yet to see that allegation. But if intrinsically, Eusebius, I would say that the relationship between him and EWN is not something that Action SA is aware of in terms of you know, conflicts of interest and that kind of thing. And we're not aware of any allegation that he has conducted himself in an unprofessional manner. Will we be deaf to the idea that he may have done something wrong? No, we will always listen. But at this stage, this is what we know.
0: Yeah, I don't want to pursue this too long because I, I, it was meant to be a minor issue. I'm just surprised that you're trying to tick for touch because it is not only about the relationship between EWN and this guy. Um, it's also a question of how do I feel as political leadership that I have in my rank someone who didn't tell me when he approached us, or we approached him to be on our PR list, that currently he's employed as a journalist who is on a political journalism beat covering the elections. You, you, you ought to care about the level of frankness he had with you, independent of what happened between him and his boss at EWN.
1: And I'm suggesting to you it's not that we don't care. It's just we're kicking touch right now because we don't have enough information to adopt a strong position.
0: So what are you doing? Are you
1: investigating? Yes, absolutely. We will look into it.
0: Okay. Then the last question, which is a you know, question that, that <laughs> because things are still unfolding in real time, I think many of my listeners here on Times Live would be curious to know, what's in the diary today for Action SA?
1: Well, I mean, we're following the proceedings going on in the Tshwane Council Chamber. Uh, so far, you'll be pleased to know there's nothing of great excitement, a lot of swearing councillors in and a game of hurry up and wait. Um, beyond that, we've obviously been observing the proceedings at the DA press conference, which we have been communicating about. Um, a lot of work going on to ensure we're communicating our position from last night and building that position out, because it is an, a very difficult issue that we need to bring people along with us. Uh, beyond that, I think it's really about, you know, waiting to see how these coalition engagements are going to unfold.
0: I do want to uh, sneak because I wouldn't Yo. just I'm going I to sneak in a quick bonus question. I, we've got two two minutes left, and just ask you this general question. And, and I know it's a little bit difficult because you're implicated in it. But to the extent that you are able to to just give me a, a stepping back answer. I'm concerned about whether or not there's sufficient political maturation in our body politic overall. I'm not speaking only about you or specifically about you to usher in the proverbial era of coalition governments. Seems to me that coalitions ought not to be intrinsically unstable arrangements. They shouldn't be a zero-sum game. There must be a way to be mature enough to not scupper proceedings every time a municipality is sitting, while at the same time still competing for votes over a five-year period. What is your sense about our capacity within our body politic to really get the era of coalitions to be such that it works for our democracy?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, you see this, I think, let's be honest, South Africa is a very young democracy, and the idea of coalition is really really new. I hear many people talking about comparisons to places like Germany and, and other places in Europe, who I think have had a long time to get comfortable with these arrangements. But I absolutely agree. The maturity is not there in South African politics, and that has been on display for the last few days in in full glory. And this is something that we are going to need to deal with. And I think the only good thing that I can offer in that regard is that the appetite for this to continue is gone. People are fed up, and they want to see these things worked out. And I think political parties who are found culpable in the collapse of these arrangements to the detriment of service delivery are going to get punished severely. And I think you can always trust politicians to act in self-interest. And for that reason, that is the one opportunity that lies ahead. But the solution has got to be about a common manifesto. So when you don't get a majority, you see this, you've got to appreciate you've got an election manifesto. Let's say you've got 10 points in there. Hmm. You need to sit down with other political parties and say, right, let's create a 10-point manifesto where we all contribute items towards that. And then you produce something that is no longer a DA manifesto or an action SA one or a ACDP one or whatever, it's a multi-party manifesto. And at that point, it has to lose the identity of the parties that comprise that arrangement. A big part of why there's a lack of maturity in South African coalitions is everyone wants to talk about DA led or this one led or that one led coalition. But when you get to that point, there has to be a loss of individual identity and a creation of a true multi-party identity. Mm. And I think with that, there will be a lot more stability.
0: Beautifully said. I can't push back on that. I think that's absolutely spot on. Michael, I always love engaging you. Uh, when's the next book?
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, I mean, there's more than enough content at the
0: moment. Absolutely. But,
1: uh, it might not be good for coalitions, you see, this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me on Times Live. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you.